0: Hello, Off-Air family. Welcome to another week of Off-Air. It's your weekly news and pop culture podcast where Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pull apart the top three stories of the week. As decided by me, it is a unilateral decision, and then I spring the stories on Nick, and we pull them apart and have a look behind the media curtain. i like to let you know what we're going to get into, though. So our stories this week are, number one, for the love of God, please stop bonking, a message to everyone in Canberra. Number two, Burn the Rich, Kim K story that I did not want to touch. And number three, I've put this to the end. What the hell is happening to America? I decided to put it into story number three, because if you are just over the news, then feel free to tune out by then. Or if you're into it, it's at the end. Uh, if you're into Off Air and you want a little bit more, then we have a Facebook group. It's called Off Air Podcast Community. We would love to see you join. We talk about the stories every single week. Let's get into it.
1: Tim, Nick, yeah, you with Nick, Nick and, and Tim. It's real talk, yeah. hey, it's real walk. This ain't gossip, it's just what we say when we, we off air. It's real talk, it's real talk. Real talk. Just two opinions, we spit what we I say when we off air. It's, it's real talk, talk. it's true, true talk. talk. It's two opinions, we spit what we say yeah. when we, we off I feel like
0: I should be transparent. Before we hit record, we were talking about the NBC guy who just got in trouble for beating off during his work Zoom calls. And now, and now, uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous about doing this recording with you, Nick. Are you clothed? I, at the moment, I am clothed. That can change occasionally. I have, in the past,
1: just as a peek behind the curtain, done off-air, definitely in a towel, very exposed. <laughs> I've just gotten fresh out of the bath. And I've realized it's time and I've just come up and gone, I have to hit this quick. And, and often I will be lying on the ground in a towel with the microphone close to my face today. Fully clothed, got pants on. I'm actually in an office.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you. I mean, I'm glad that, um, those two things are happening together. Cause it would be weird if you were out of the bath and in a towel and in the office. Is it um, weird if you're naked during phone calls though? Is that a weird thing? I called my. I was speaking to my mum the other day, and I was like, "Why is it echoing?" She's like, "I'm in the bath." How that was weird. I've, is that weird? No,
1: I've spoken to bosses in the bath before. Because if you're in the bath and someone rings you, or you ring, so you've got to find something to do in the bath. So, <laughs> I find it's a perfectly <laughs> fine place to to
0: to do your business. Okay, maybe we, maybe we make a deal. Episode fifty we both record from the bath. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it.
1: Let's lock it in. I'll have to get a mic stand uh, so that I can put so it So that up we don't get electrocuted.
0: Exactly um, right. But no 100% in. So Tim, no president still. No president. Now, I don't want to get too far into this because um spoiler alert, it might be one of the three stories <laughs> of the week because okay. surprise. I mean not surprisingly, it's the biggest it's the biggest story. Of the year, so we'll get into it in a little bit. Mm. Um, so let's let's avoid that for a moment. Do you have a nick pick for us? I do. Uh, it's a. Do you, it's have, a it's, do you
1: have a recommendation? I do. It's a slight two parter. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was Mike Tyson, the former heavyweight champion of the world, baddest man on the planet, bitter man's ear off in the ring, uh, has a podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Oh. And it's know. it's quite good, but I was listening to the latest episode and he's a big reader. He reads a lot, uh, cause he was in prison a long time. So he didn't have a lot of other things to do. And so I am currently reading a book called Heart of Darkness, which was written by Joseph Conrad. Uh, and it's, a, it's a fictional book, but it, it relates strongly to a period of time he spent in his life traveling down the Congo river. Uh, when, when the Republic of Congo was a free state and it was run by the, the, um, uh, Brussels people from Brussels, uh, King Leopold. And he basically killed half the population and, and maimed a further 25% of the population as they were trying to, they basically put them into slavery and, um, they were trying to get rubber. So it was in the late 19th century, early 20th century and King Leopold, and a lot of people, it's not taught in school, but he, uh, I mean, he made Hitler look like an amateur. He he killed possibly up to 15 million Congolese people.
0: Wow. Oh my yeah. God.
1: Yeah. And, and maimed and terrible. So he would put quotas on the amount of rubber that tribes would bring him. And if they didn't mean the qu- meet the quota, the first port of call was... Disfiguring the women and children, so he would cut their cut their hands and feet off, and it's it's
0: it is a harrowing read, heart of darkness. Okay, and without um making a joke out of something that is very very serious, what did Mike Tyson think about it? Did he enjoy the read? He's an I can't do a Mike Tyson voice, but terrible. What did he he think? Did he like it? Taxi
1: driver? Uh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's into. I mean, it's weird because he has become a bit of an authority on domination he's really yeah. into domination and, and 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 the way humans can twist domination so it's it, it's scary it's a scary read it's, it's one of those situations where you go man real life is way more fucked up than what people can come up with in movies like you think sore is bad this is just disgusting
0: I'm excited to see when Mike Tyson gets back in the ring. Do you know when his, when his fight is? Because he's fighting again um, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. And um, Roy Jones is an interesting guy and was an incredible champion in his time. So I think it'll be really interesting to see if Mike comes back. If you didn't know, he's, he's coming back uh, in his 50s for one fight. Mm. Um, but he could he could totally lose. I don't know what shape he's in. He's been smoking weed for like 30 years nonstop. Oh, he
1: looks pretty good. He looks pretty fiery when you when you watch some of his training videos. You're right. Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr. was my favorite fighter growing up. And then he was also the first pay-per-view I ever paid for when he was fighting Danny Green in Australia. And that fight ended about 40 seconds into the first round. Danny Green clipped, oh, yeah. clipped him on the head and he just went down like a sack of shit and gave up. And it was so disappointing for me. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really interesting fight. I think it happens in December. I think it happens in 2020. So
0: I've just looked it up November twenty eight. There Staples you go. Los Angeles. Yeah. So and it, very,
1: yeah. And initially it was just, they are wearing slightly heavier gloves and it is only two minute
0: rounds, but yeah, it's, it's but all of yeah. these things are, Um, I mean, this is the stuff that Mike Tyson loves to fight with. Like Mike mm. Tyson, big, strong, heavy guy fighting a smaller, lighter guy. So it'd be like, big gloves are going to play towards him um, and shorter rounds, like his cardio is going to be the only thing that lets him down. So I think it's going to, like he's trying to knock Roy Jones Jr. out. Oh yeah, then and Roy Jones Jr.
1: Yeah, does not sound confident in the <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> from the press I've seen of Roy Jones Jr.
1: He has been very timid, and he's sort of already started to make excuses. He said that Mike brought the fight, uh, oh, put the fight back so he could have longer to train, and they've changed some
0: of the rules to suit Mike, and he seems genuinely scared. Right. Um, I'll hit you with my pick, my recommendation. This is actually something that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, but the series is now finished. It's a, it's the series called Seduced on Stan. And this is the uh, Nexium documentary. And we spoke about Nexium, which is the, um, like, Hollywood sex mm. cult where they do the branding. We spoke about it a few weeks ago when they sentenced Keith Raniere to 120 years in prison. But the, the documentary hadn't finished airing yet because they were putting it out week by week. So it's finally wrapped up. And, oh, man, it, it just got more and more fucked up. So, like, highly, highly recommend. And f- I wish that the... <laughs> If they could have scheduled the court dates for after the final episode, it would have been a bit more exciting because you know how it's gonna end. Um, but yeah, just just fascinating to see inside the mind inside the mind of um you know the 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 latest huge cult leader, like the the next kind of Jonestown person, but it actually follows one girl um, on her journey into it. And she ends up being very, very deep in the cult. Um, And so you can kind of see how she's slowly indoctrinated. And I think that normally when we talk about these things, we're like, how how the fuck did that happen? Like, why Mm. would you let somebody do all these things to you? Um, But because it follows the one girl's story the whole way through, you can, um, it's like that metaphor, you know, the metaphor, how do you boil a frog? Mm. Do you know that? No, never heard of this. I'm assuming in water. In in water, but if you want to boil a frog, if you drop a frog into boiling hot water, it jumps straight out again. But if you drop a frog into lukewarm water uh. in a pan, in a pot, on a stove, and then you slowly bring the heat up, it doesn't notice that the temperature is changing. And so it actually boils alive, and you basically see that happening to um, to this one poor girl. So it's all through her perspective. Very good watch. Did she get branded? Was she part of the branding? Because that was a part of that cult. She did get branded and the, uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word amazing, but, uh, one of the very clever things that he did was that he didn't brand anybody. And so he had, it was like a multi-level marketing scheme, like a pyramid scheme.
1: That's what they refer to that business as. So next time someone approaches you about Neutrogenics, just, uh, I'm just saying,
0: just be aware. Hmm. I mean, sell some Tupperware, but don't let them brand you with the logo. (laughs) Um, But what what he did that was so clever was he got his next line of people to do the branding on the line under them. And then once those people got branded, then it was their task to go and brand more people. So he avoided actually doing that. And the main girl that you follow, she is branded and then she's tasked with branding people. And thankfully, that's when it hits the news. The whole thing collapses. Oh, all of her all of her people leave. So she actually never had to brand anybody. And, and thank God, because if she did, then she then becomes embroiled in, I mean, like not just being a part of it, but being guilty and. Yeah, Some serious, serious crime. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Wow. So are more people gonna go because he's been sentenced to 120
0: years. Is Alex all... Mack
1: going to jail? Are the others small cast of Smallville going to
0: jail? <laughs> I don't know about the rest of the cast, but Alex uh, uh, Alison Mack is currently under house arrest. Um, and she I think is yet to be sentenced. They're all gonna go down in the next like few months now that this one's happened. Crazy. So crazy. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Story number one. Can everybody please stop bonking? (laughs) (laughs) So we thought that the bonking beetroot was the start and the end of the word bonking being used in the same sentence as our very gross politicians. But no, it is back. So, Nick, let's get slimy. So a story came out uh, this week on Four Corners that included Malcolm Turnbull saying that his bonking ban, which was a rule that came out to stop Liberal Party workers from literally banging each other, wasn't just a response to Barnaby Joyce's huge scandal from 2019. Apparently, the Liberal National Party has had a full-on problem with high school hookups and power imbalance affairs. Um, The report said that the Attorney General Chris Porter and Acting Immigration Minister Alan Tudge both had affairs with staffers as well, and who knows how much deeper this is going to go. So, Nick, I guess the big question at the very start is, do we care that they're all boning each other?
1: I think it goes back into that level of hypocrisy. I Look, I, man, bang, whoever you want, whatever. Do, you do you, Christian Porter, Governor General of Australia. If you, he has denied it, I believe. But it, ultimately, I think it's more if you are built on principles of religion and, and conservatism, that, that if you go do this then it sort of undermines and underpins your values in general, doesn't it? So then it does become an issue because you go, well, if your values are worthless, then how can we entrust you to run the country? But at the same time, come on, we all know that this stuff goes on. We all know that they're getting it on down there in Canberra and that that, that there is so many levels of corruption because there is in every level of business. If it's happening in the private sector, it's going to happen in the public sector.
0: Yeah, when you say we all know, like I... I don't know if we all do know. Do you think that this is a surprise for people? I like I guess I would have maybe I'm not shocked, but I'm surprised to hear how widespread it is. And uh Malcolm, what did he describe it as? He, a, a culture of boozing and banging or something? Yeah, I think he threw drugs in there as well. I think he was Yeah. He was
1: I mean, but also this information is coming from someone who has a massive axe to grind within the Liberal Party. This is a party that completely short-circuited him, kicked him out, and he was pretty begrudging at first. I think it's interesting that he and Kevin Rudd recently have teamed up a lot on different things. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's come out with a few axes to grind as well, especially against the more conservative factions of the Liberal Party.
0: Yeah, Um. I he's the one that has brought a lot of this to light and he was the one, you know, in the face of the interview with Four Corners, some of the women have come forward as well Mm. and there have been a lot of other staffers that have corroborated a bunch of these stories. So even though he's the person putting it out into the world, I believe it. I mean, especially when the women are like, yep, that was me. Um, (laughs) So I I think there's not much to question about it. But what do Um, you think should happen? What do you you think that these
1: people... Should lose their job or lose their positions of
0: power? Well, this is the interesting question because once you set the precedent, and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Bonking Beetroot himself. Barnaby Joyce, thank you, Barnaby Joyce. He has actually had a news story that's popped up in the last couple of hours where he has said that he apparently told Malcolm that there were all these other people doing it, um, and and has questioned what's going to happen to them because he was really dragged through the coals and was heavily demoted. Um, and so I guess if you do set up that precedent, then yes, these people should lose their jobs. And the problem with it is, I mean, well, there are a number of problems and we can kind of go through and have a look at some of the different areas. But I think one of the main things is with Barnaby, he was uh, he was the boss and he was hiring somebody that he was sleeping with. And mm. so he is basically creating and filling a position with somebody Uh, he's funding his own affair with our taxpayer dollar. So that was a huge problem. Um, And then the other thing that we've seen with, with Gladys Berejiklian is that when you're in these positions of power, if you have romantic relationships with other people behind the scenes, then that can have a huge impact on the decisions that you continue to make. You know, Gladys is... Ruling over land jurisdiction, and she's secretly sleeping with a guy who's a land developer, that can have really bad implications for the country. Yeah, but you've got to bang someone. Would we rather them all stress <laughs>
1: down there, just wringing their hands and watching porn all day? Like, you, I, I think, you know, concubines have been part of power for millennia now, Tim. <laughs> And if we're going to look at it on a grand scale, then we need them having sex. We need them to be loose. We need them to be fresh, and, and attack things with a clear
0: mind. So I guess I, I mean you make a very good point, which is sexuality is. I'm gonna, avoid, I'm just gonna sidestep the whole first thing where you brought up concubines, but I, that is a good point. That people are people, and sexuality is a part of normal people mm. and and normal people's lives. So the idea of saying okay we're going to make hard and fast rules and we're going to cut that out of people's lives i mean we've seen the catholic church try and do that for a number of people and i think it's safe to say it's backfired probably hasn't worked a number of times so well yeah very true
1: but also just is anyone getting that upset about this i don't feel like i feel like now we have become so desensitized to turmoil and drama when it comes to politics that that people just go ah oh, well Whatever. And, and I found the bonking ban weird anyway, because if two consensual, if two adults have a consensual relationship and no one else is getting hurt, then you've got to let them be. And I mean, the Gladys, the Gladys Berejiklian one was a bit weird. It's weird how it's all coming out of the Liberal Party. I would like to note that as well. Liberals and Nationals. Eh, conservatives, Randy. I'm just saying. They, they, yeah. You know, you always want you think what you it'd be the Greens
0: have. or something. You would think they'd be doing some type of moonlit ceremony Love in you. the forest? They probably are. Let's face <laughs> it, not a dead,
1: surprise. But no one is, no one is coming out because no one's saying that they are the height of moral fortitude. Whereas I think that's the bigger issue: is the National Party obviously extremely conservative, and the Liberal Party has been led by conservative factions for basically this whole century. I mean, Malcolm Turnbull was a real. How left-leaning Malcolm Turnbull was, was really odd. And it ended up doing Mm. him in. Tony Abbott and John Howard have been giant power brokers behind the scenes within the Liberal Party, and they've kept it exceptionally conservative. And that's a big part of the reason that Scott Morrison is our Prime Minister today. So what, what do you think the outcome of this will be? Will people lose their jobs?
0: Um, I'm not sure, and and I think that if it's so widespread, then it then you can't just fire everybody for it. It's kind of like how wide was um, it spread, Tim? Well, I'm not sure, but it's it's a bit of like one in all in. I uh, the question that it does. I think start that's a to... different kind of party. What? <laughs> it's one in all in. That's the guy, the grades oh, no. <laughs> The problem that it does potentially raise, though, is it's not a secret that we have a problem in australia with female leadership um females are grossly um underrepresented uh, underrepresented in politics and especially and and in you know high end leadership roles um and if we look at the liberal national party i mean it's hugely noticeable within their cabinets um and this could be a big part of where that problem stems from. I think a lot of the time these problems are very systemic uh, and I've seen it be written. Um, There are people saying, could this be a start of a Canberra version of a Me Too movement? Um, If if it is so rife that people are cracking onto each other, um, having sexual relationships with each other, could that potentially be stopping people from rising through the ranks? Could that be pressuring people into relationships, especially in a super competitive professional uh, setting like, like like Canberra would be? So it'll be interesting to see if a lot of other stories come out. What do you think about that? Oh, I think that's really hard. That's hard to assess. It's hard to
1: suggest. I mean, that comes back. That's a bigger question. I mean, it comes back to what do you consider consent and, you know, how, even if pressure is being applied, is there still a consensual relationship going on? Yeah, it probably benefits you if you're sleeping with someone above you. That's always going to, that's probably going to help. But is it, but I mean, to suggest that, that, that they're sex slaves or something like that, I think that's drawing a bow. I think that's that's pushing it too far. Anything that's gonna get women in, in in a greater position of power is great, but maybe being part of the Liberal Party is not the answer. Maybe go be part of a party that actually values women. You know? That's, no, that's I don't think separate. that I don't
0: think that you could say that. I don't think that you could say, well, this just isn't the place for you. It should be the place. Everywhere should be the place for you. Why? And, no, hold on. And I think no, that no, the no, liberal no, party no, no. needs hold to on. be
1: Well what? but fuck man. Every political party can't be for everyone what do you think shooting and fisheries is a place for vegans? It's it, it, the nightclubs are not open to everyone. If you're going to join no. an ultra conservative, highly religious party that is conservative, both financially and also when it comes to people's lives, then you know what you're signing up for. i uh, man, I'm
0: not a fan of it, but I, you can't say that every place is a place for everyone. I mean, if no, but every, every place should be a place. Uh, when you say the shooting and fishing party, that's uh, that's a choice. And veganism is a choice. But it's your, so is being
1: a neoconservative.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but but your gender is not something that you choose. So there no. should be this, yeah. I, I don't think that we could say that if you're a woman and you want to get into politics, you should avoid the Liberal Party. What if you have liberal beliefs? Well, then you're
1: signing up to that. You, you are You are signing up to those beliefs. And part of those beliefs seems to be towards pushing women down. <laughs> and not, and, wow. and having an affairs with staffers. I don't think that's a bow to draw. To say that the <laughs> National Party are probably more conservative and, and probably yeah, assign yeah, yeah. more to women staying at home. And men working the
0: land. That's well, not a No, that's, thing. I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, Tony Abbott himself was the one who said, and to the women at home doing their ironing. Yeah. So that is 100% the way that that party unfortunately sees women.
1: Yeah. I don't, I know, don't agree right. with maybe it. It just makes
0: they, me sad.
1: Yeah, I think it does make you sad. But that's the point of politics is there's different ideologies floating around.
0: It is shitty, man. I don't vote for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, neither do I. I've got one question. You're going to think that I'm joking, but a uh, genuine question. So you are currently engaged to someone who works at the same company as you, yes. uh, who, who works higher up in the radio station in a very different department. Has it had an effect um, on your life or your experience within the company or did you have to do paperwork or anything like that? Like what's your experience been um, with – Dating somebody within the same workplace outside of politics.
1: No, it's an interesting question. I mean, we hid our relationship for the first six months because we were nervous, but at the same time, it, it's we work in commercial media, and every second person is dating someone else that works in commercial media. It's a very incestuous industry in general, uh, and we're in very different departments. I don't. The only way it, it has probably benefited either of us is. Uh, being able to talk to each other about different projects we've done and being able to get information that we probably wouldn't have been privy to. I don't think it's ever pushed us forward career-wise because we are so separate. It's a good question and it, it no doubt goes on. It would probably get more interesting if we were working for rival companies. That's, that's where it would probably get curious, but we've always been part of the same company. But when we started dating, there was probably six different relationships going on in the office we were working in that wow. were all, that were all open Some are marriages. Some have been marriages for 20 or 30 years. So I think it's, we've never had to sign anything or disclose anything or talk to HR about it in any way whatsoever. It's probably benefited us from the perspective of, I, I don't know, people look at us as a, as a duo <laughs> if we're moving around the country together. Um, but I don't think it's had a direct
0: correlation to either of our success. He says, having avoided a nationwide redundancy.
1: <laughs> I no, would like to know, think that comes down to my usefulness <laughs> to the company as opposed to being a you know no, a yeah, I'm, of jazz. I'm 100% kidding.
0: <laughs> I, think that you're, I think that you're wonderful at your job and you definitely deserve it on your own merit. Shall we move on to story number two? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Story number two, you made me do it. There was a story last week, Nick, and we got very close to touching on it. I actually wanted to avoid it, but it will not go away. And so now, fine, we're doing it. Okay. Thank you, clickbait news. I'm talking about the Kardashians and their lavish posting for Kim's 40th birthday. I had hoped that we would be able to skip over it and the world would move on, but now... Places like E News, Pedestrian, Daily Mail, and more have moved on, but only to the next version of the same story, which is that the Kardashians have confirmed they will be having their lavish hashtag tone deaf Christmas party. (laughs) The world is blowing up. Is very unhappy about the fact that the Kardashians are rich, and now more than ever, people feel like they're rubbing their noses in the fact that we are not. Nick, can the Kardashians post whatever they want, or should they be taking some of this stuff down? No, they
1: can post whatever they want. Get, get a life. I'm so sick, in, especially at the moment, because no doubt story number three, in some way we're going to talk about the US election or Donald Trump. Or mm-hmm. that's yeah. gonna, let's look at the actual real things that are happening. Uh, yes, this rich family are doing rich, lavish shit. And yes, they happen to post about it. Let, let's let everyone in on a little secret, though. There are heaps of super uber wealthy American families and families from all across the world that do super lavish shit all the time. They just don't post about it. And that therein lies the difference. Yeah, it's probably tone deaf. And if they're going to alienate their followers or their fans and that's going to affect their income, then they should be mindful of that. But outside of it, go do whatever you want, man. The top 1%, I believe, the recent data has come out to say that the top 1% of America have more wealth than the bottom 95%, which has never been greater. There's never been a greater difference. So it doesn't surprise me that people are dissatisfied with seeing this, but it also doesn't surprise me that a family that have built their entire fortune on basically just displaying their lavish lifestyle don't know how to change tact. Mm. Um, there is definitely other stuff they could focus on. I'm sure they're big uh, humanitarians. I'm sure they give a lot to charity. We've spoken about it before. I mean, Kim Kardashian alone is responsible for something like 28 different people being released from prison because she constantly lobbies for prison reform. Uh, but do you, does this affect you? Does this
0: bother you? I um, Surprisingly, you and I 100% agree on this. Um and I actually think that it should be taken to the next level. So burn them uh, like <laughs> no, I think um you know the you know the old saying, Don't hate the player, hate the game. Mm. There have been so many people tweeting about this and tweeting with such outrage. And I think that we need to update that old saying, and I think it needs to be, don't tweet the player, tweet the game.
1: Mm.
0: People need it. to be like if if you are unhappy about the fact that the Kardashians have a huge amount of wealth. And I guess that this more goes to, not that we have, I don't think we have American listeners, but if you live in America and you're tweeting at Kim Kardashian, I think that you need to take a moment and go, hold on, Kim Kardashian hasn't created the system that she has excelled in. The government has. And we have just had an opportunity for people to vote. And I think that a huge number of people I mean, a crazy, like nearly 50% of people voted for a party that wants to continue to create tax breaks for the rich and continue to tax the poor and not offer healthcare or anything to, to the poor. I would be very interested to see how many people tweeted unhappily about the Kardashians and then voted for Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Um... But also engage, but take it a step back even further because it's not even
1: political. And this is where people go, oh, mainstream media, media, blah, 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 blah. Media is basically programmed to give you what you want that is the dirty little secret they that if you find something interesting it will continue to give you that it will continue to produce things along those lines and shows like stations like MTV will continue to give you keeping up with the Kardashians if enough yeah. people watch it so if you are a, a, a my personal opinion is most people 90% of twitter users are dickheads i'm sorry but that's Yeah, I that's don't even I know, I
0: don't know who's on Twitter. I don't know who yeah. and why you're on Twitter if you are on Twitter. If I don't know what's going on there.
1: If you're engaging these people on their Instagram pages and you're still eating up this content, then it's going to continue to be given to you. So what's the point in getting mad about it? I think you're 100% right. Go follow a bunch of people that run off-the-grid farms or something. Celebrate these. <laughs> but all that will happen is then they'll get rich and then you'll be pissed off that they yeah. have a better life than you.
0: Yeah, I think I, I mean you you touched on before. You said how wealthy the top one percent is, and I I did a little bit of research. There are close to a thousand billionaires in the U.S. alone. Wow. Kim K is not one of them. She's worth just less than eight hundred million dollars. So there are a thousand people who are wealthier than Kim Kardashian and her family. Um, the top fifteen of that those thousand people are all worth forty billion or more, oh. going all the way up to Jeff Bezos, who's worth a trillion dollars which is Mm. terrifying and it really just makes you go well where's the slack that they are all facing exactly Um, i i think that um you you know what kim k is doing is is it is rubbing people's noses in the fact that there is huge inequality in the world um and i think rather than getting upset about kim k for doing that i think that we need to go wow there's a problem with the inequality I mean, maybe if we had a rule that maybe they could have a new uh, social media tax, that is, if you make more than a billion dollars or are worth more than a billion dollars, you have to post all the crazy shit that you do. And if our Instagram (laughs) was flooded more with live streams of Mark Zuckerberg cruising around on a fucking hovercraft during COVID, then maybe people would get angrier about broken tax systems. I'm picking up two
1: things here, Tim. One. What? you want to behead the wealthy and that we should take to the streets and rise up with guillotines. And two, potentially, potentially Kim Kardashian is actually providing a humanitarian service by sharing this, by letting us well, know what wealthy people can do. Cause they've been getting is, away in secret.
0: All the other fucking wealthy people are just doing it really subtly and are hoping that nobody <laughs> notices. I mean, literally you have, you have people who are worth, thousands more uh, not thousands of dollars but uh, like thousands of times more um Mm. of kim k's worth but they're doing it in secret and they're living their life very quietly so that people don't kind of get riled up about it and kim k is kind of putting a spotlight on how messed up this whole system is right now yes um so, yeah, I actually think she should be posting about it. I think they should be posting more about it. And if people get angry about it, then good. But they should they need to consider that in their votes instead of their tweets.
1: Yeah. It's a, <laughs> look, it's a, great, it's a great point. And this is what happens when capitalism becomes too big. And that's what we're witnessing in America. Any form of, and it's not just capitalism, but any form of ideology, when it's pushed to its absolute extreme, tends to buckle. Mm it's the same under a dictatorship you have a huge amount of wealth controlling a number of very poor people or socialism or any of them communism i mean none mm. of these are perfect systems and that's why we always need to have balance and and have checks and balances and in america that that is a this isn't the, the thing we've got to remember is this is not how it's always been this is a Never. real 21st century thing. This has only been in the past 20 years that, that that this uber elite class has had this much level of power and influence across the country. So yeah, but I, how do you walk it back in America? I have absolutely no idea.
0: Oh, I think you need to increase the taxes. I think, I, I mean, this is, we've just seen the first presidency where they have Lowered taxes for the top one percent. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the country's going in the wrong direction. We'll get into it in a second. There's there's one other thing that I think is is really ironic about this whole uprising on bloody of people angry at Kim Kardashian,
1: which is and owned I think... by Channel Nine. Just
0: put oh, really? Okay. <laughs> pedestrian's owned by Channel Nine. Yeah. So the other thing that I think that I love about this story is that w- we're kind of forgetting that this is the most first world white privilege reaction that has ever happened, I think, because for all of the people who are unhappy about the Kardashians spending a birthday on an island or having a Christmas party while we are feeling very hard done by and downtrodden and are struggling, how do you think the whole third world feels <laughs> when they look at your Instagram? <laughs> like like there are literally continents of people who would be feeling the exact same way about seeing our lavish, you know, from our perspective, regular but lavish birthday parties you know, anybody that is posting buying expensive, if, if you have an iPhone, you're in the top 1% of the world or the top 5% or 10% or whatever it is. Not only that, but you you are also, and I have an iPhone,
1: but you're also yeah. in a way supporting slave labor. <laughs> essentially the parts, the parts in the iPhone are put together by ch- children, mostly overseas, yeah. <laughs> in third world countries for very limited amounts of money that, d- that yeah. puts them below the poverty line in those third world countries. So you're 100% right. Yeah. We don't like to think we all... about that, Tim. We don't like to think about where our state comes from. We don't like to think about all the actual atrocities that are occurring.
0: Yeah, we all know about these things, but we do nothing about them. But for the first time when we are going through hardship, and this is a very (laughs) new feeling for a lot of people, it's terrible that other people are wealthier. Um, but I think that this should be a wake-up call. I think that if you are outraged that the Kardashians are doing well and you are not, then um, maybe, look, when COVID goes away, get on a plane, go to a country, pick somewhere in Africa, um, <laughs> go somewhere in, in Asia, and see that the world doesn't live the way that we live. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you get involved and start doing something about it, then you'll feel better and care less about the Kardashians. That's mm. my two cents.
1: Yeah. I look, I agree. Extreme wealth, man. It's what happens. It's our whole system. Look, I'm happy I'm part of it. That's probably a bit of a faux pas thing to say. But I I'd much rather we, be in the situation I am than in anyone else's, that's for certain. Except maybe yeah. Kim Kardashian's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of extreme wealth, are you ready for story number three? Let's do it. I've been holding off on this. It's the biggest story, but I thought some people might not want to open with it. So, here we go. Story number 3 for the true believers. I don't even I don't even have to do this bit, do I? Uh, Nick, the American election happened. <laughs> you sad. Uh, Joe you're Bo- sad, aren't you? You sad,
1: you're a bit sad about all of this, aren't you? It's it's wild.
0: I'll feel. I'll, I'll do a little setup just in case you haven't been following it as closely as uh, as, as you might have been. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they won the election uh, for the Democratic Party. Congratulations to them. They won quite convincingly. But for the first time in modern history, the loser, uh, who happens to be Donald Trump, has not conceded the lost the loss. He's been spouting that he's going to take legal action and has filed lawsuits in three states, claiming that the election was rigged. But um, weirdly, only in the States that he lost in. <laughs> several cases <laughs> several cases have already been thrown out by judges because they have literally no evidence. Um, in one case, they went before the judge and they had a photo of a post-it note. That was the only piece of evidence that they had. Um, news channels, including Fox, who have been very pro-Trump, have now started to refuse to air Trump, his team, talking about the rigging because of how unfounded the claims are. I mean... W- neither of us predicted that it was going to go like this um, because we've been speaking about this election for a long time so mm. like what the fuck is going on what is going on? Well I
1: think first and foremost there is always that there is precedent that there's been legal action before around elections. you might remember back in 2000 Al Gore uh, essentially claimed the win and the media gave him the win and then they went through the courts and I think it was involving Georgia again then. Uh, and it ended up getting overturned, and um george Bush or George w. Bush, the second bush got into office eventually and But there was a big difference because he had this thing called proof um, and it 's something that so far trump 's side have not shown in any way, and so it 's going to be it 's going to be an ongoing process, and even once it gets through the supreme courts it 's going to be interesting and he still has seventy nine days well now it would be. 70 or so days to do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's already started putting a broom through the white house. I don't know if you've seen, but he's fired four or five people already, four or five staffers who would usually, usually these people write letters of resignation when there's a transfer of power, but it's actually up to the, uh, the, the, the incoming, not the incumbent president, but the incoming president to decide whether he wants to keep them on or not. It, look, we all knew this was going to be a shit fight. We all knew that Donald Trump would never cede power. And unfortunately, the American people made it even easier by making it a far close election, closer election than anyone expected. And it's been just an edge of your seat thriller, hasn't it? But you're, you're a bit bummed out in general. You feel like the world's a bit stagnant or?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've just uh, uh, like we got the win, but for some reason, the car is still sitting in neutral, or like we've stalled or something because... The people have voted and um, they've voted for, and like people keep on saying, oh, you know, two shitty candidates. Anybody that's saying that, and I've seen that a lot on Facebook and I've had people say that to me as well. I think the majority of people who say that tend to not have really looked into the stuff that Biden is for. um, um I mean, he has pledged a trillion dollars for global warming initiatives. This is going to make America the most progressive that it's ever been. It's going to completely kickstart its economy um, in the areas that the economy could potentially be growing in. Um, You know, he's going to bring back health care to people. And aside from anything, um, there's a thing called COVID going on. And right now Trump has a thousand people a day dying, uh, with literally no plan to save them. So when people say, oh, you know, they're both shit, they're not at all. Like one person is going to try and save a thousand people a day. And so if that's worth nothing to you, then I don't know what is. I don't so- think
1: it's, I don't think it's big. Be- that's why they're saying it though. I think they're saying it because he's a 77-year-old man who's been part of the American political system for 48 years and very openly uh, encouraged America to go into the Iraq war. And I think there's a lot of people that feel disenfranchised by that because that turned out to be a complete false war. The the entire reason, the pretenses they were there were completely fake. And all of that got exposed. And Joe Biden was a massive, massive supporter of getting involved in that war. And so I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of the disenfranchised feel that way because they've gone, this guy has just been another cog. He's in with the Clintons. He was, he was basically there as a conservative lapdog to Barack Obama. So that they, they won over some conservative vote and he's not necessarily going to impart any change. The counter argument to that and the one you're making is a really good one. And that's that Donald Trump just, just fucked up royally, fucked up <laughs> everything to do with the coronavirus. He's also not, uh, he is someone who offends people who are liberal. he is, he's is liberally offensive because he uh, says a lot of offensive things. I think you're right, but but what do you say for that counter argument? What do you say to those people who are going, well, Joe Biden's just another cog in the system, and he's done a lot of horrible shit in his time in office?
0: I I don't think that you can, um, you know, if if you're in the kitchen, it's going to be hot. Um, I don't think that anybody exists in po- <laughs> I don't think that anybody exists in politics for the length of time that he has been in politics and not made bad mistakes, not made mistakes. Because I don't um, understand and-
1: the savior argument. A lot of people, Sorry? the dancing in the street and a lot of people acting as if Joe Biden's the savior. I got to be honest with you. I don't think he's going to be fantastic. I don't think he's going to be a fantastic president. I think he'll be better than a terrible president, but I'm really surprised. I It's more of a reaction to the fact it's not Donald Trump, right?
0: Surely. I think that he's gonna I think that there are a huge number of big issues. I mean, if we just talk about healthcare and global warming, it's gonna be a huge turnaround. So even just in those two areas, um, if he can manage to get things through the Senate, I think it's gonna be wonderful. So but can Um, he?
1: That's the thing. uh, Well that's gonna be interesting. And that's why he speaks about
0: yeah. And that's what that's why he speaks about trying to unite the parties because it's been so factional for so long.
1: But he's he doesn't have a fucking chance. Like that's the thing. It's it's fucking magical for me to come out and if I was if I'm campaigning to say oh, I want to give everyone everything for free and I'm going to fix coronavirus and I'm going to put together a committee and I'm going to do these things. But it's whether it's someone actually can and I feel like we've been sold sold the serum without uh, there being any evidence and Matt I'm I'm he- I hope those things happen as well I'm extremely pro universal healthcare America is the only first world country that doesn't have a
0: a universal healthcare system I want to talk about Donald Trump <laughs> mm. and I want to talk about all of his followers right now because this whole movement of saying the election was rigged without any evidence is absolutely fascinating to watch happen um and I've done a little bit of research on this. Have you heard the term cognitive dissonance before? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's fascinating. I think this is what is happening on a huge like nationwide scale in America. So Cognitive Dissidence, I did a little bit of research on this. In the 1950s, a psychologist, Leon Festinger, published a um, an article titled When Prophecy Fails. And this is where the term largely came from. And basically what he did was he documented the actions of a cult called the Seekers um, who believed that there was going to be an, an apocalypse coming in any day and they had a, a specific set, uh, date set when that apocalypse was going to happen. Um obviously in the 50s the world didn't end there wasn't an apocalypse and then he wanted to study and see what the seekers did and rather than question their beliefs and move away from their cult they actually started coming up with alternative explanations and instead they doubled down on their ideas and they all became much more aligned and much more committed to the beliefs of the cult and this is where the idea of cognitive dissonance comes from it's when somebody believes something so hard And then they are presented with real information that basically shatters their perception of what is going on. And instead of allowing that new information into their life, instead, they completely reject it. They come up with other explanations and they actually remove themselves further from reality. And I think that that's what we're seeing right now, because there are still so many Americans who are... uh, posting, who are, um, who are chanting, who are, um, like, uh, not rioting, but who are protesting and they're all doing it over something that there's no evidence of. And it's so wild. I think
1: it's important to note that there hasn't been rioting though. And and I, and, and I, and I, this is a part of it, man, that really bums me out is that also I think you, there, there needs to be people who are more humble in victory and, and humble in defeat. Like, I, it's put a ba- in all honesty, it's put a bad taste in my mouth seeing so many people go, fuck you, you fucking Trump supporters. You don't fucking yeah, right. blah, 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 blah. Because 70 million people voted for him. He's the second most voted for person in American history.
0: It's, it's, but just to clarify, the most voted for person in American history is, is, is Joe Biden. Biden. No, 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 no. Just to put that into yeah, context. So, yeah.
1: To put it into context. But
0: this. They both broke, rec- broke exactly. records. Exactly. It was the highest voted election in history. In, in America. history.
1: Yeah. it's They both overtook Barack Obama from um, 2008. But this is where I think you can't say unity uh, and that you're all about unity. And then when you win, tell the others they're fuckheads. Because that, that that you're never going to bring them on board. With their ideology, you're never going to change their thoughts. And I agree with you to an extent, but also it really feeds into the whole Donald Trump narrative the whole time. I mean, he has preached for six years, don't trust the media. And now there was some, a lot of states were called in the media before they were actually finished. They even had to reopen Pennsylvania because they went, okay, we might've got that wrong. Arizona, we might've got that wrong. We were calling it. Everyone rushed it so long. So, and you're not necessarily... Like I don't want to typecast, but you're dealing with people that have a a, a really probably unhealthy levels of skepticism in mainstream media already. <laughs> and Donald yeah. Trump said when they may, you know when they say that Joe Biden's president, it, it's because they're trying to steal the election. He's already laid out this as a plan for his supporters. I think there's been some really interesting stuff. There hasn't been rioting in the streets. there hasn't been looting. there hasn't been white supremacist groups going crazy. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen, but it hasn't
0: happened yet. And I What think- do you think will happen? What do you think is going to happen? Because he's going to keep on contesting it. He's going to take all these things to court. None of them are going to win. They don't have the evidence. If they did, they would have shown it by now. Yeah. I've been tagged in the hashtag, in the quote-unquote evidence, and people have <laughs> showed it to me. I mean, some of the things are absolutely ludicrous. I've been tagged in things um, showing that the mail-in ballots have arrived in duffel bags. And I'm like, what do you want them to arrive in? They need to, they're fucking heavy and people have to carry large numbers of them. So yes, they've arrived in bags. And then the other big thing was that some of the uh, voting counters were wearing Biden uh, masks, were wearing uh, the face masks that had the Biden stuff on it. And this is just an example of what happens when you don't have a healthcare system and your president (laughs) isn't giving people any form of support and Biden is handing out masks. And guess what? The people who have the time to take a one-week paid one-off gig to count votes probably don't have full-time work and probably don't have a healthcare situation. And these are the people who are going to need those masks. So, so far, there's been absolutely no evidence. I think this stuff is going to get thrown out of court. What's next? What happens in the 70 days? I don't think much will happen,
1: to be honest. I think that- Is he going to
0: get dragged out?
1: No, I don't. Fuck, maybe. I don't know. I think that it's all a bit sensationalized. I I found it really interesting. I watched a couple of things because I like to watch something that I disagree with. Every day, I try to do that at least once a day because it helps you build, it it helps keep you out of a vacuum or keep you out of becoming some sort of radical social justice warrior or, you know, being able to challenge both sides. One thing I I found really interesting was a lot of the, the militant Trump supporters, they're really, they have a real, real fear of Antifa. And I don't think it's a founded fear. But I do think it exists. I think that they f- they fear that. And that's, so I actually don't think much will happen. I think both sides have been, weirdly, because they're Americans, overblowing the situation. I think both sides, I think that there will be a sense of unity. But it but it never leaves a good taste in my mouth when, when in general, my side are acting like dickheads. And I feel like a few people have really gone on the attack and, and gone, see, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. And maybe the Trump side did four years ago. But that doesn't mean you have to, that doesn't, we can always be in control of our actions and understand that these people had a really firm belief in something, something that we disagree with, but it doesn't mean that you have to ram it down their throat and call them dickheads or call them losers or call Mm. them assholes. And I think that that's only going to disenfranchise people more. I think the biggest thing is there's a lot of people lost in America at the moment. That's what you find. Yeah. There's so many people lost in America. It'll be great if they can come together over something positive. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know, but I don't think that anything. I don't think there'll be a civil war. I would be so surprised no. if there was, or or even if there there might be some sort of radical attacks. Maybe some out outlier lone wolf stuff, but yeah, I I, I and I and I don't know that Joe Biden is going to save America either. As you said, if he gets those things in, then that's great for that country. But I mean, he doesn't have control of the Senate. I think it'll still be a Republican
0: Senate. So there's, yeah. What do you think will happen? Um, I've said before, I think that Trump is very good at turning on his heels when he actually has to. Yeah. And um, I was surprised that he didn't concede the loss of the election. But when you look at what that's cost him, it's nothing. I mean, it's really, it's, it's a figment of our imagination. It's not a real thing. It's just a a metaphorical, you know, handing over. Um, but when he has to do things, uh, they, they happen. I mean, like after he had been chanting the locker up stuff, once he won, he started doing rally, he kept doing rallies. And when people started chanting locker up, he said, ah, that was fun while it lasted, wasn't it? Yeah. We used that and that worked. And he was su- he was highly aware of the fact that that was a tactic that he had been using. I think that this is a tactic that he's using. I think that he's doing it to keep his supporters behind him. I think that when the seventy days is up, I think he's going to walk out, and I think he's going to try and probably start something else. I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if he starts a new business or if he starts some type of political party or something. I mean, maybe he'll become a Clive Palmer, but I think that there's a huge difference between what Trump says and what Trump does. Yes. Um. So I. I was surprised that he still hasn't accepted the loss of the election, but at the same time, it's it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, so I would love it if the SWAT team had to drag him out by his ankles. I'd be so surprised. I don't so think it's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: He's a troll. Like that's what Donald yeah. Trump is. He's a he is a massive troll. And some that's why some people loved him, because he was trolling a political system that they didn't think was great. And he hasn't improved it. Um so yeah,
0: I don't know. It's yeah. wild. He'll it's find a way to twist to it. He'll find a way. He'll he'll just find a way to go. I'm going to leave the White House, but I'm going to keep on fighting this on my own terms. I've got better lawyers at Trump yeah. Towers. And he's going to he's going to find a way to twist it around and make people feel like it's his own victory. You know, his supporters will feel like they've won at the end of this day. Yes, I would agree. In All right. Let's wrap this up. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. Anything you want to leave? Anything you want to drop before we before I catch you next week? Before Are we, we- head out.
1: Are we burning the wealthy? What's going on? Are we starting a revolution?
0: <laughs> Start a revolution. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you're still listening, uh, we have a Facebook group. It is called Off Air Podcast Community. Jump in there. We talk about some of the different topics throughout the week, and you can also share your ideas. Um, give us a like, hit subscribe. It helps us move up in the ranks of the podcasting world. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's another week of Off Air. See you later, Nick. See ya.